it's Emily and Jill. Welcome to the weekly Nia Thrives podcast, where we talk to those living life to the fullest, living with the rare skin disease, epidermolysis bullosa. We hope you weigh in on our Facebook forum where the conversation continues. Let's talk thriving with EB. Hey guys, and welcome to the Nia Thrives podcast. This is Emily, also here with Jill. I'm here. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again. And we are so excited to have one of our favorite Instagrammers on the episode today, Julia. Um, Julia, thank you so much for joining us. Um, We've been a a fan of your Instagram account now um, for a while, and you've even made an EB Hacks video for us. Um, can you maybe start by chatting with us a little bit about your Instagram page and what you do there? Sure. Um, okay. So when I first started my Instagram, I primarily focused on just like yoga challenges and I figured it would be something else I can do to help motivate my yoga practice. And it's slowly, um, it's, it has evolved over time to where I start sharing my personal yoga practice and my journey, like sharing about different things about life and um, the EB community. I, I pretty much have always like wanted to do something to help. Um, and so that that's when I started to reach out to um, to um, like you guys, like sharing your your posts and and sharing about like um, my my brother's um, experience with EB and little stories here and there about what he went through and you know sharing my experience here and there and um, I, I just want to just just kind of like open, open people up to, to understanding that there's so much out there that people don't know about. And, you know, um, just in general, EB um, had impacted my life at such a young age. And I just want to do my part to get back to the community, you know. Wow, that's beautiful. And could you please tell us a little bit about your about your brother and his journey with EB? Yes, yes, of course. So my brother was born 11 months after I, I was born. So we're always the same age for that oh, whole closer. month. <laughs> very close uh-huh. together. Yes. So we were very close from the get-go. Like as soon as he was born, we were, we were really close. So when he was born, my mom mentioned um, she had she had no idea that she was going to be giving birth to to my brother with EB. Like she thought she was just going to have a normal birth. And as soon as he came out, she said she didn't even get to see him. They just took him out of the room, and she was really confused as to why what happened. Um, she didn't get to see him for like three days after oh. until three days after. And that's when she, they brought him in, into the room and they, and she saw the, the blisters all over his skin. 
And um, basically, she was told that, you know, she didn't know the name of what it was called or anything, the condition or anything like that, but they did tell her that he probably wouldn't live past um, the age of two. So that was a huge challenge for her to take on. So from then on, my mom, my mom's priority was to take care of him as much as she could. And my brother was, to me, he was just like a normal kid. I never saw him as a kid with any sort of disability or anything like that. And he didn't want other kids to see him that way either because he wanted to be just the normal kid. And there were times where we would be playing outside and he would fall. And that's when, you know, I would feel terrible, you know, because he was in so much pain. And, and um, there were times where he was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's worth it going outside playing, like wrestling, you know, just running around. And, and it was hard for him because he wanted to be just a normal kid, just like all of us. And, um, there are so many memories that we have together. We just always were laughing and joking around and we had our own little inside jokes and and stuff and even at school um he had a lot of friends he had so many friends we had a lot of the same friends um mutual friends and even to this day um they reach out to me like whenever I make a post they're like I remember him so much like I've never forgot about him and he was always so outgoing and fun and he really was and there was a time when he was mm, I want to say he was about nine years old when when his body started to kind of um be more of a challenge for him because he was growing he was getting taller but his um his joints and everything wasn't working properly you know and and his hand started to slowly close his fingers and and, and you know i i've seen that with other um other people but I, I just remember him just being like, whatever, I'll just type, you know, I don't need to write. <laughs> I'll just type on the computer. And he was fast. <laughs> and and so at, at one point, um, I don't remember where, if it was a charity or someone, but they sent him a wheelchair. And the wheelchair arrived and he was like, no, I'm not going to use it. I don't want to use it. I'm not disabled. I'm not going to use a wheelchair. And instead, we played with it. We just rolled each other around in the hallway back and forth. <laughs> and it just, we made a game out of it, you know, just everyone getting on the wheelchair and then riding around in it, having fun. But yeah, it, it, was, it was, I have so many great memories of my brother. He was so strong. And I think that I always, remember his strengths the most because you know just just a bath just bathing watching my mom getting him ready to bathe and how long it took and 
you know, hearing his pain and and then afterwards he was just like normal again, you know, and he just held a lot of that in, I feel. He was so strong. He didn't want anyone else to see the struggles or, you know. Even though he could be vulnerable around me and our younger brother, we we have a younger brother. And but he just always tried to just to just be the strong one, you know. Wow. Yes. Do you know what type of EB your brother had? Was it RDEB or? I don't know. I don't know. And and I lost my mom, but she's she doesn't know either. They might have told her, but she just doesn't remember. Um. Yeah, but he. After he passed, um, they asked her for permission to take a, a piece of his heart to, I guess, further research. And she allowed them to do that, to, to see if they could find anything else out to prevent it. Or I don't know how far it went after that. But that's, as far as I know, that's what happened. And she let them do that mm-hmm. that's nice so that could potentially like help someone else in mm-hmm. the future by like research that they can re- research they're doing and it's amazing nowadays like how they're discovering new things constantly and new treatments and it's amazing how how far it's going and sometimes how close it feels like we are to a cure um, but that's so amazing that like you're able to, I'm so sorry. My son is here and I feel like you during the podcast, you're going to hear little hiccups and things in the background and that's just Milo. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's, it's just so beautiful that like you're able to kind of like honor your brother and his story, um, and raise awareness for EB, um, through your, through your work and through your yoga and making EB friendly like yoga videos. Um, and it's, it's so amazing. Like what you and your family have been through. I'm sure it's like, it's even amazing that you're talking about it. Like mm-hmm. I'm getting emotional just listening and I've never met your brother, <laughs> but um, it's like amazing. You're able to like take that and make something positive, um, which sounds like it's um in the same footsteps as your brother who sounds like very very positive um so how did growing up with him like how did his eb um like affect you because you guys were so close were there certain things that you had to um like help him with um or just was there any way like in what ways did it impact you I think I was, my mom mostly dealt with him, helping him like physically, getting him ready, getting him dressed and everything. And I think I I was there more for like the emotional support. Like just my presence being so calm and being there. And, you know, um, I think that helped him stay calm. And, um, just like our little jokes, we were there for each other. And our, our childhood was a little tough at the time. Um, 
so we were there for each other I feel and he was like like my rock at the time when my mom my mom had struggled a lot emotionally so so we kind of helped each other through a lot mm-hmm. Julia can I ask your brother's name Arnold. Arnold. Okay. Arnold Chavez. Uh-huh. His name was Arnold. <laughs> Arnold. And he was yes. um, so eleven months younger than you, and then, uh-huh. and then you have another brother that's younger than Arnold that was born. Okay. He was uh, yes, he was born uh, three years later. Three years uh-huh. later. Okay. All right. So, mm-hmm. um, can I ask how long ago it was that Arnold passed? How old he was? 1995. 1995. It was 1995. Uh-huh. He was, he was 10 years old. Oh. Mm-hmm. He, it was uh, actually five days after his 10th birthday. Oh, my goodness. He wanted so to get he, to those double digits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was in the hospital for the last two weeks. The last two weeks to me felt like two months, but it was really just two weeks that, my mom pretty much stayed there all the time. So I lived out of like a suitcase at my grandma's house for those two weeks. And, and I kept asking my mom to take me to see him, but she kept saying no, she kept saying no. But um, um, finally she said yes, but I didn't realize why uh, it would be the last time I would see him. Well, you would have only been, what, 11 at that age? Or not even 11 yet. I was still 10. You were still 10. <laughs> Almost 11. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I remember just walking into the hospital room and just being so happy to see him. And um, an aunt and uncle took me and my younger brother to go see him. And my uncle walked in first and saw my brother turned around and walked out of the hospital room. He couldn't handle it emotionally. And me being young and excited to see my brother finally, I just walked in there and he just smiled. And even though he was hooked up with Ivy and, and I just remember him looking a little swollen, but I, I was like, I'm so happy to see you. And we had the TV going on. I think they had it on Nickelodeon or something. <laughs> and he just like patted the side of the hospital bed for me to go lay next to him. And that's what we did. I just went and laid next to him and we just watched cartoons. And we just laid there in silence. And that was all. I, I felt like that was enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Oh my God, I'm like <laughs> very emotional. Um, it's so nice to hear, like, you know, so often on the podcast, we have um, others with EB. And I think you're the first sibling that we've had on the podcast. And I think it's so important to show that EB doesn't just affect the person who has it, it really affects like the whole whole family and so many other people. So it's really um, nice to hear um, your experience and sharing your brother's story. Um, So thanks again, oh my gosh. Um, 
And I was also curious if um, your brother was involved in the EV community or how you ended up um, getting involved. I think, I think seeing other stories come out. Um, I think there was this one show on HBO that came out years ago. And I was like, that's what Arnold had. And, and then I saw the same struggles and everything. And just my heart just went out, out to him. And I just thought that there are so many people that, that are going through these struggles. And I just feel like their stories need to be shared. And then um, running into more people on social media and um, people in the EB community have reached out to me to share their story and, and like thanking me for um, spreading awareness. And, and I'm just like, I'm just, you don't have to thank me. Like, I just, I want to. And I, I just, um, I don't know, I really wish that, like, I, I'm hoping that one day there's a cure and, like, nobody else has to deal with any of this, any children have to suffer or anything. And my family, um, my mom's not, it's, it's emotionally hard for her, I feel, to talk about it. And so um, I feel like I'm the one person in my family who's strong enough to share and um, do what I do. And, and you know, the, the yoga for EB, I felt like that, that, was, the, that was a big step for me. I felt like this was my way to kind of give back a little bit, you know, and and then I always have my brother in mind when I'm getting into these certain poses. Like, okay, he would have struggled here. I feel like he would have needed a pillow or a blanket for this and that. And and that's how, that's my mindset when I'm doing these classes. That's really beautiful that he's, he's helping you, you know, his memory and, and how you would, I don't know what the word is, but how you would support him if he was able to do EB with you, you're always, or do yoga, excuse me, with you, you're always thinking about his EB and how, how that would have impacted, you know, he's, he's like, it's like you guys are doing it together. You, it's like you guys are twins to me. That's what it feels like. Like, I'm, cause you're so close in age and so connected clearly. Um, gosh, he'd be so proud of you. Thank you. So when you're yeah, doing the yoga you. and you're you're doing the different poses, so you're thinking about how someone, if they had, um, if they had EB and they're doing the yoga, what they might do to, um, not so, what's the word? We always say the word. It's not adjust. How they would adapt, adapt, adapt. Yeah, yeah, different poses and things. I, so yeah. can you explain? So so you're always thinking of how Arnold would be able to do it if it was him, but. Um, that's a lot to think about while you're in the middle of, of doing it. So do you plan it out beforehand or do you, does it just come to I, you? I actually, I, well, I write, I write down the 
different poses I want to target, mm -hmm. which isn't very many. I just want to keep it simple. Yeah. And as I'm doing it, I'm adjusting, I'm grabbing more pillows or something, you know, I just kind of go along with it by myself. And, and this last one I posted, I mean, I probably, the way I talk, I, I it's raw. <laughs> and I feel like, okay, I'm saying the wrong word here, but I'm going to fix it. But I'm just going to leave that mistake there. You know, I'm human. And so I'm just like trying to adjust certain things in certain ways. And, um, but I, at the same time, like I want to encourage the person too. So I, I kind of go over like, you know, you like, like a little bit of a meditation sort of and I try to encourage the person, like, you are an amazing person. You are going through so much. You're awesome. <laughs> you know, so I just try to say, like, same thing. Like, what would I tell my brother who is doing this with me, you know? I love that so much. It's the most beautiful reason to, like, to put your family together with your passion and then also use it to create awareness and to help another community like you've just connected so many parts of your life into something so beautiful it's just I, I would have never imagined doing something like this like just um combining things that I love and... mm -hmm. how did you get into yoga can I ask how it how you got into yeah. yoga uh okay so my daughter is eight years old and I got into yoga after giving birth to my daughter. Um, I wanted to do something like exercise, you know, lose the baby weight, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. how it goes. Um, but after giving birth to my daughter, I had a triggering moment where some, my daughter's reflex kicked in and I had to suction her, her mouth but I didn't have the suction anywhere around me. And I just remember holding her and her face turned blue. And I just triggered this anxiety in me that probably was somewhere back in, in the back of my mind. So um, I ended up suctioning her, her mouth with like my son's um, suction that was nearby. Just, I knew where that was. So I just grabbed it and suctioned her. And then after that, I was like, it's going to happen when I'm asleep. I'm so scared. And the anxiety just came into my life in a, in a crazy way that I didn't know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And then, so I figured yoga or meditation would help with anxiety. And I didn't want to rely on medications or anything, especially since I was breastfeeding. And um, so once I started yoga, um, it brought me like joy <laughs> and this, this like inner peace and I just never stopped. <laughs> I just kind of just kept going and, and eventually I wanted to share some of that peace with other people that maybe are struggling with anxiety that maybe do need emotional, physical help or something in a way that um, maybe yoga and meditation can help them. I, I have tried yoga a few times 
it is so hard. <laughs> and I, but I really see the benefit when I do try it. I, I find it really, really physically hard. And it's also hard to, to get into that mental, but it is so important. And it's, so I'm going to keep trying because you know, I just, I, I see it, but I really struggle. Like I really do find it very, very hard. And, but I think it's the most amazing thing. My mother's been doing it for so many years and it's, it's so good for her. And she's just stayed so healthy and mentally strong and everything, you know? And, um, so I, I so see the benefit and I, you know, you, you, when you were talking about peace, like when I look at your face, you just look peaceful. I don't know what the word is. Like you're very, um, yes, you're very calming. Like even just, even when you're discussing these. And in your videos, your voice is so calm. Like I'm like, Oh, it's very chill. Like, yeah. And that's so great for the videos because you know, people are trying to like relax and, and something else I find so amazing about it is like, like how your videos are kind of like, not like rushing and just kind of focusing on doing what you can and being in a good mind space and like that's so important for people with eb because you know as much as eb affects you physically it can also affect your mental health and you know cause anxieties and so i i feel like that yoga isn't something you'd maybe think of right away for someone with eb um, but I think the way you do it, it's like perfect, um, for like the EB community to practice. And it is so nice to have EB videos in mind for people, um, with EB that are, you know, that they're not gonna watch the video and maybe like get frustrated that there are so mm-hmm. many things, you know, that aren't maybe made, the poses aren't meant for their different abilities, Um, but it's pretty amazing that you put these videos together with, um, all of that in mind. It's Um, very true because when, um, during the whole pandemic, when, when I was with Mia during the day, um, uh, and she, we would be trying to do, you know, some sort of physical education. And a lot of it was yoga actually, like she, and she really likes yoga and she's very, but we would have to, um, you know, modify things. So if I would do it on the floor and she would do it on the couch and then we got out, um, blankets and we would do that. And then sometimes she does it standing up and I'll do it, you know, laying, like we just would sort of modify it. And, you know, she was incredibly good at it so much better than me. (laughs) So I, you know, but even at the age of six yoga, it's so good for her. Like it's good for children. It's good for everybody. And it is something that she can do. She just, and thank goodness for you, Julia, that does modify it. And it's something that she can do because she can do it, you know, well, for as long as she can. Right. And, and just with these modifications, it's something that there's so many things that she can't be included in and that can't be modified for her. And and as she gets older, we're noticing more and more, but this is something that she can do and that she can feel good about herself doing and that can be modified. It's beautiful. Amazing. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. And yes, um, yoga did help during the pandemic. Um, my kids, um, my husband and I, we, we were all at home and we, uh, I started working out in the garage with my husband, like lifting weights. And it was just like a 
like we it brought us closer just being here at home and then after we would do our workouts um we would get the kids out into the garage we have these mats and I would be like okay 10 minutes of yoga with mom and I would like have have them do yoga with me for only 10 minutes because I mean you know their attention span isn't (laughs) the greatest (laughs) but they 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 loved it and and then afterwards my husband would train with them with the um with like little uh taekwondo kicks and all of the stuff that they were missing out on because their classes were closed at that time right yeah yes it really I, I felt like um us being in a small space together kind of allowed us a lot closer at the same time And um, do you have any, um, like, advice for anyone with EB who's thinking about um, getting into yoga or trying out any of your um, videos? Um, Yes, actually. Just um, just remember to start off in a comfortable spot. Like, I even suggest if you want to do it on on your bed. blankets and pillows just yeah anything that helps you out Mm -hmm. so um yeah and just like my the little modifications I give here and there I I hope it really does help anyone that's taking the class Amazing. Um, well, thank you so much um, for joining us today on the Mia Thrive podcast. We will have links um, down below um, to your Instagram where people can check out some of your videos. Um, and we'll also have the EB Hacks video that you did for Mia Thrives with some EB friendly yoga and um please keep us up to date with any new um videos and we would love to share them um over on our page and and julia i just want to say thank you for sharing the story of of your brother arnold and and how strong and the love between you guys and and the joy um that you had it feels like you had your own little secret sort of jokes and that's what I think why it reminds me of twins. I could almost see you guys having your own language or something like, <laughs> um, yeah, it just, thank you for being so open and honest and, and, and sharing that, um, you know, our, our listeners can't see you like we can, but I, I know that that was a, a very difficult conversation and I, I'm so, we're so grateful that you were willing to share that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks for listening. I mean, giving me a place to where I can share my stories with Arnold. Um, Yeah, I guess you can say we were kind of like twins because there were times where we would just look at each other because we already knew what the other one was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. (laughs) Well, thank you, Emily. If you want to say goodbye and say goodbye to our listeners and Thanks again, and um, please tune in next week, and um, we will have all of those notes below in the podcast notes. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hold you back, hold you back. I couldn't if I tried.